And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we move into the final full day of fall, can you feel it, Gary? (laughs) Well, we're preparing for winter here, aren't we? Yeah, well, you know, it's like Wednesday officially arrives. I saw the article that comes around, you know, this time of year. Winter officially arrives at 4.48 p.m. Wednesday, Eastern Time. And I thought, yeah, it actually does. If you look at the timeline in our neighborhood, that's about the time it's going to really arrive. Yeah, yeah. Really Thursday, really Thursday afternoon. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Thursday. Yeah, uh, the, Thursday. The, yeah Thursday is the is not the uh, – Wednesday is the 21st. That's right. Right. Uh, yeah, so uh, – but this is when – Typically, will be what fifty five, sixty degrees. Yeah, well, you're right here. That uh, uh, Wednesday will be really the last day of yeah, the Wednesday last day of fall like temperatures. It will be the <laughs> well, or or maybe spring like temperatures. I mean, if you think about the difference between Wednesday afternoon and say I don't know Friday morning at six a.m. Yeah, that's a huge swing. What is it going to be? It's going to be. Uh, it's about a thirty thirty five degree swing somewhere. Yeah, there. well, we're supposed to. I maybe. think the high. Friday I saw was 48, and then mm. the low 11. Yeah. yeah. So 37 degrees. Jeez. Uh, you know, yeah. difference at that at that point. And then you look across the, the, uh, the, the nation, mm. and, you know, I'm happy I'm not flying through O'Hare on Friday. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think about that. Yes. I'm flying through... It's horrible this time of year, anyway. Well, here's without weather. Here's my. Cho- I have an. I have another buddy of mine who was who was flying to um, uh, Buffalo. He's from Buffalo, and mm. he's flying out Wednesday, mm-hmm. so he should be okay. Yeah. Uh, and he takes the direct flight to Buffalo is at seven p.m. Mm. Now I take that flight all the time during the summer, right? And normally, in normal times, they have two flights, one that goes at 10 a.m., you know, from Dallas and goes, and then mm. another one that goes at 7. Right. But because American cut back mm. because of labor shortages, they cut out the one flight. Yep. The last yep. thing I will do is take a evening flight during the winter if I'm heading towards the Northeast. 
Yeah. Because you have to that that means that if you if and I've I have followed, you know, late night flights if I take one even in the summer to see if it takes off in the morning. I check every leg of the flight. You can keep going back on the American Airlines app and you can keep going back as okay, what's the incoming flight? What's the incoming flight? And you can go all the way back, you know, five, six flights before that it may be flying on that day. Yeah. So right. I know whether it's going to be on time or not. Right. And yeah. I just during the winter, I just I refuse to take any type of late night uh, uh, flight, uh, just because your your odds just go up, especially with weather like this. So I have a very early morning flight on on Friday into Charlotte. Yeah, and so hopefully now the flight I'm supposed to take from Charlotte to Buffalo is taking off from Toronto. <laughs> yeah. So my yeah. my my hope is that. Uh, you know, even there, they're supposed to the their their snow isn't supposed to come to later on in the day on Friday because mm. their temperature is also going to be you know going down during the day. So I'll be in eleven o'clock. Yeah, so I should right. be okay. Uh, you know, going in for uh, for Christmas, and by the time it gets to Tuesday to come back, I have a morning flight. There should be no problem for you know for that. For yeah, the, I mean, and then by Wednesday we're going to be in the mid to upper sixties again. Yeah, and that's a direct flight. That's yeah. a direct flight yeah. coming back. My uh, son was flying from. Philadelphia to Texas this past weekend, and uh, he texted me that they were going to be delayed like a few hours. It was an evening flight. It was going to be taking off past midnight uh, after the change. And I was like, oh, bummer. And then like 30 minutes, oh, we're back on. So I don't know if that was I, – I never did ask him if it was a crew shortage or uh, maybe an equipment problem or, or something else, but – uh, they were able to get in. I, I think they ended up getting home probably 30 minutes later than they expected, which is good with the way things are going. You know, you mentioned the um, labor shortage, and they flooded that idea of taking it down to one pilot, which is never going to happen. What they should do is take it down to one flight attendant. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing if I can actually hear the flight attendants that are listening start their emails to me. Well, then I'll be flying first class all the time. <laughs> exactly. Right. We'll be guaranteed to have that flight attendant. <laughs> they won't be happy, but they'll be there. Uh, yeah, uh, which would be that would be ridiculous. Well, I'm, um, I'm flying on points this time, so yeah. I, I'm actually going. I because it wasn't that I, I made this flight months ago. It wasn't yeah. that more expensive. To, to go first class. It's one of the few times this year mm. I've been able to go first class. Once in a while I get upgraded right. because uh, I've been flying so much. You know, I'm almost to a million miles mm. wow. flying. And wow. all of it, I mean, very, very small part of it was business. Mm -hmm. And that was early on, you know, at like 2000 to 2003 when I was doing a lot of, not a lot, but I was going to like... The, the you know, conventions, the primaries, things like that. Right, right. But since then, it's uh, everything has been really, you know, well, not everything, but the vast majority has been just going back to New York. I had a friend who was uh, European, but he lived here in the States, but he was a writer, and he would review vehicles for all the automakers worldwide. They would, And they would all fly him there to do that. So he had so many miles. He told me, he said, I haven't paid for a flight in years for me or my wife. Yeah, you can. Uh, what's the movie with Clooney? Uh, up in the air. Mm, yeah, where you know he's, he's yeah he like hits ten million miles. Mm -hmm. You know, and and uh, pilot comes back and 
you know, they're celebrating and how you doing and, yeah, right. you know, uh, all this, you know, 10. And in that in that movie, I guess he's like 40 years old. Do you know how much you have to fly to get 10 million miles by the time you're like 40? Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of flying. Yeah. I don't know how many miles my friend had. Uh, he passed away recently, but I mean, he was considerably older than 40. Uh, but had been flying back and forth. I mean, all over the world for years. Yeah. It would go on vacations. Uh, he had a house in France. And so he would go and work from there because he was a writer. He could write from mm-hmm. anywhere. And uh, so he, <laughs> I said, you haven't paid for a ticket in a long time. He says, no. Well, you can really build. If, if you're traveling all the time, you're a business person, you're traveling, yeah. you know, <laughs> Once a week or twice a week or what? Yeah. And, and when someone else is buying your ticket, like Mercedes would buy his ticket yeah. or, or Volvo or you still get the whoever, points. you know, to go, you know, check out the new vehicle, whatever it is. And yeah, he would get those points and, yeah. and those were all his. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it, he, he would always upgrade, always upgrade. I, I had a neighbor that, uh, worked, uh, with, uh, Asian companies. And he was constantly, you know, he was traveling yeah. probably five times a month. But, you know, each time you know, he each time he's putting on, you know, tw- 20,000 miles every, right. you know, every every flight. You know, if he's traveling two or three times, you know, three times, you're talking about 60,000 miles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, 60,000 miles in a month, you know, and, and you know, you, you think, you know, so he's got... He's he's he does he he does what uh, it took me seventeen years to do well, in, in a year. I mean, I, and I, I always thought in my mind that it's got to be like you know someone who works in the in the flight industry. It's like okay, yeah. I mean, it's great that I get you know free flights, but you know, it's being on a plane. I'm used to being on a plane, and it's no big deal until there's somewhere you really want to go. And Steve was telling me, my friend. Um, telling me it was a couple of years ago. He took his uh, father-in-law and mother-in-law to Germany They, they on this bucket list trip that they wanted. And he said it was the greatest thing, you know, being able to mm-hmm. do that, you know, something like that. So um, I, I, I only fly a handful of times a year. I think, I think in the movie Up in the Air, Clooney at the end, you know, because he realizes, you know, his whole life is... You know, it's just it's just working and flying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and uh, so he, I think he gives like five hundred thousand miles, so he can send. I think it's his sister on a you know for a marriage present, like wherever they want to go. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, but uh, you know, his whole thing was about get you know getting miles, and it's right. Like, yeah, it's like, well, I'm not really, I'm not that obsessed right, uh, with yeah, it. Right. We got a great show ahead today. You know, speaking of the cold coming in, uh, mm. interesting story that that talked about the the coldest temperatures ever in every single state. Mm. Yeah, coldest temperature, yeah, right. coldest temperature in Hawaii, mm. twelve mm. degrees. Wow, <laughs> wow. So we'll, we'll yeah, get insane. We'll get to that and more. Uh, l- let's start out. I have this audio cut here. All right, I have this audio cut, and this is all you need to know about illegal immigration in less than twenty seconds. Okay. All right. Okay. Everything you need to know about illegal immigration in 20 seconds. And you can't argue the point. There is no arguing mm-hmm. because it comes right from the hor- uh, the president's mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you were paying attention yesterday with Corrine Jean-Pierre, 
she's getting bombarded with questions and, oh, no, we don't want open borders. We've been working very hard. That's And immigration to Democrats, illegal immigration to Democrats is the same thing as oil. Yeah. They're trying to right. do everything they can to stop it. And they claim they don't want to stop it. Right. And Democrats on illegal immigration are the same thing. And Biden's been very clear. And we played this audio cut yesterday. And I may play this a thousand times over the next month. Yeah. Because we don't need to talk. Well, what's Biden? What's his goal? What's his goal? And they're really trying to fight illegal immigration. No, they're not. How do we know? Let's play this audio cut. Okay. For some reason, it's not coming across. From the horse's mouth. I mean, the president's mouth. Yeah. Okay. We'll, right. try, we'll try it. We'll try it again. Here right. we go. Right. I would, in fact, make sure that there is. We immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. There you go. Any any questions from any Democrat out there? Any questions? Shouldn't be any questions at all. There it is. And so when people say he's for open borders, he's saying everybody come to the border. Everybody should be able to come. Yep. That's what open borders is. Yep. And and so really end of discussion. The White House can say whatever they want. Biden has been clear in the past exactly what he wishes to do. Mm-hmm. You yeah. saw you saw Adams in New York City saying we may have to stop public services, cut back on public services because of the illegal immigration. And he says I can't get help from the governor. I can't get help from the feds. Nobody will help me. This is turning into because it was uh, who was it? Uh, Senator Brown of Ohio, what a tool he is. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know anybody that's talking about illegal oh, immigration oh. except the right wing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and except the well, except the mayor of El Paso, the mayor of of uh, of of, uh, of Denver, mm-hmm. uh, the mayor of New York City, mm-hmm. the governor of California. Yeah. Uh, besides that, no, I mean that's uh, you're you're right. Uh, a lot of Democrats don't want to talk about it because they know. <laughs> Shh. Yeah. Either they're for it or they know how damaging it is to talk about it. Uh huh. And, you know, this is the thing. So Mayor Adams basically has to tell the people of his city, well, we're just going to have to yeah. cut all these, you know, programs well, here. We're, we don't have the money to sustain this. I thought you would have the money. You know, when you call yourself a sanctuary city or a sanctuary state, I would think that you would have a funding mechanism that, you know, somehow you've already figured out a way to pay for it, right? Yeah. Or... Are you lying and you actually don't want illegal immigrants in your city or state? Well, look, I, I don't like to name call, but I'm calling him a tool because but, uh, Senator Brown, an outright lie. Mm-hmm. An outright, and everybody in Ohio knows it. Mm-hmm. Outright lie. And that's the thing. Why are you lying? You right. know. Right. You know Democrats in those cities and in the state of California. They're really, really worried by what this administration has been doing. Mm-hmm. How do we know? They're saying it. Yep. (laughs) And so this is actually becoming, not that Republicans aren't loud uh, about illegal immigration, but you see the most desperation is coming from Democrats. This is the ultimate in the liberal circular firing squad. So we'll get to that coming up. Also, the Supreme Court uh, holds up uh, the... uh, not the I put the elimination of Title 42. It's not eliminated. It's just, you know, that uh, holds up the stopping of Title 42. Mm-hmm. Title 42, I th- believe, I believe, and doing this from memory, I think came out in 1944, which is 
if there is a national emergency, medical emergency, you can, you know, uh, you can uh, uh, send illegal immigrants, you know, back. Mm-hmm. Uh, be- and because of COVID, you know, that's what Title 42 is about. Right. And that was going to end. And John Roberts said yesterday, nope, temporarily, it's not going to end. Mm-hmm. So there's at least a little bit of a sigh of relief, except you have tens of thousands of people at the border right now expecting that it was going to be, uh, uh, it was going to be, uh, you know, Ill, no, well, it was expired. Expired. It was mm-hmm. going. It was going to be allowed to expire. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the White House bombarded with immigration questions. We uh, solved that problem for you, though. If you're confused, uh, we'll play the audio cut again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, also coming up, analyzing the January 6th committee's criminal referrals on Trump. Still nothing there. No. You knew it when the first thing Liz Cheney came out with was. You know, the uh, the uh, insurrection charge uh, based on what Trump didn't do. Right. You, don't, you don't charge. Right. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, what is this? The last Seinfeld episode? Right. Is this the good Samaritan law from, yeah. from uh, what was it? I forgot the, the, the place in Massachusetts. Remember? Mm-hmm. Remember, was it John Pignette, the actor who was... Do you remember that where he was being oh, yeah. accosted and robbed, right, right. and and uh, and and you had Seinfeld and was laughing at him, mm-hmm. <laughs> stealing his money? Well, he needs it because uh, he could uh, use one less meal. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the cops came over and said, "You're being arrested for what? We have a good Samaritan law. You must help." And I, that's what I started thinking because Liz Cheney is, uh, is. Did she watch Seinfeld? Did she actually believe that was true? And yeah. and so what she's saying is it's an insurrection because of what you didn't do. You right. didn't. You didn't order the insurrection. There was no conspiracy for the insurrection that they can prove. It's simply what he didn't do. Well, well, he didn't tell them to stop immediately. Therefore, it's insurrection. Really? Where is that written in the law? Well, they should. Uh, she and Adam Schiff should get together and go uh, do a citizen's arrest. <laughs> uh, Stanford puts out their unacceptable words. Uh, this is really interesting. Uh, latest on the Twitter files. Is Musk going to step down as CEO? It looks like he is not. How cold will it get? And a whole bunch more. 866-90-RED-EYE. You may not be able to predict blizzards and ice storms, but you can prepare your truck to handle them. Make sure your truck is prepared for any last-minute winter storms by keeping tabs on your tires before each trip. Proper tire traction is essential year-round, but especially during winter when the roads are slick and roadway behavior is unpredictable. Protect your tire investment with routine checks and pre-trip inspections all winter long. Check pressure levels, tread depth, and inspect for any visible damage or debris stuck in wheel components. Look for steam or melted snow coming off wheel hubs, as this could indicate your wheel bearings are overheating. If necessary, give your tires a warm wash before inspecting them, as snow can cover potential warning signs of damage. This report is a service of Shell Rotella. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio, he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Meanwhile, at the White House yesterday... Uh, the latest Twitter files show that the intelligence community was actively involved in discrediting the Hunter Biden laptop story. Does it bother the president and those at the White House that a government agency like the FBI was involved in suppressing a legitimate news story? Yeah, I'm just going to refer you to the FBI. I'm not going to comment from here about that. <laughs> 
We'll we'll get to that the latest from the Twitter <laughs> files. I think now I haven't been able to read the entire thing yet because I I didn't see it till I woke up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, the one thing that I saw that I think is the most damaging, and you and I talked about this in our pre-show meeting because there's a lot of background yeah. that a lot of these stories you know go go into on it. It gets quite complicated. But the one thing that stood out to me is the three million dollars over the three million dollars that the FBI paid Twitter to do their bidding. Right. That's really damning. Republicans yep. are going to jump all over that because, you know, you sit there and say, well, Twitter has become a surrogate of the federal government through the FBI. That's one thing because intimidation is one thing. We're intimidating you. You better do this. We're a law enforcement agency. But paying someone to do your bidding is a completely different ball game. Yep. And how many former agents went to work for Twitter? Yes. It's mm-hmm. staggering. Yep. Join the conversation. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, the latest Twitter files showed that the intelligence community was actively involved in discrediting the Hunter Biden laptop story. Does it bother the president and those at the White House that a government agency like the FBI was involved in suppressing a legitimate news story. Yeah, I'm just going to refer you to the FBI. I'm not going to comment from here about that. Now, the interesting thing is, you know, we had played that audio cut before, but I wanted to play it again because I noticed something watching the video. Even when she's not going to answer a question, she's thumbing through the book. She's looking down, yeah. I mean, it's... I guess to see if there's been an update to the <laughs> book of answers regarding that particular topic. No, or it just could be a nervous habit, right? Mm. That's how she answers questions. Yeah, I just... Now, uh, that was very smart of her. Uh, (laughs) Honestly, I would say that's the best answer she's given so far. (laughs) The best answer for Corrine Jean-Pierre is no answer. That's right. Uh, but uh, you and I talked about what came out in the the the, uh, the Twitter files uh, late yesterday afternoon last night uh, from Michael Schellenberger and uh, the fact that there was a financial arrangement. They called it reimbursement, and I look yeah. and I go, "Well, no, you're paying because you know reimbursement to me is not fully accurate. You're basically paying Twitter employees to do your bidding. You're basically subcontracting uh, Twitter." Yeah, uh, you know, to do your bidding, the thing that and and it was uh, you know uh, three million dollars, and they go through the fact of all you know they'd have to sit there. The FBI would say, "Here's what we want," and you'd have to go and do all of this. And so, that first they didn't accept the reimbursement, then they did, and that was really that's interesting in itself. So, it this takes it to a level of a financial arrangement. Uh, you can look at it and go, all right, if the FBI is questioning you all the time, and clearly Roth, Yoel Roth, got uncomfortable with this. Yeah, he got very yeah. uncomfortable with this whole thing as it was building, Yep. Uh, which then at that point uh, you had uh, Elvis Chan, the FBI agent in San Francisco, uh, get high, temporary high-level security clearance 
for some of the executives at Twitter so that they could exchange emails about some of the details of mm-hmm. of things that were going on. And uh, reading here from the uh, New York Post, uh, by the way, we're, the reason we bring this up is because really even Fox didn't cover this on their website extensively. No, they didn't. Not, it not it like, happened. It, it, right. it was about 12 hours ago when it started. And it was in the middle of the day, and I was waiting for more alerts on this. And it was funny because after, and it was uh, this time, it was Michael Schellenberger who was doing the posting. And I, after he finished his thread, I, I thought, okay, I'll wait a few minutes for the inevitable analysis and fallout. And I didn't see a lot. Now, there was, you know, the media was giving way too much attention to the January 6th thing. You know, Liz Cheney on her on her way out the door has to get all the attention. But um, I I was surprised too that there was there wasn't more coverage on this. You and I have been pointing to the fact that the biggest problem we have here is the FBI's involvement. And what Schellenberger laid out is what you mentioned in part: the three point four million dollars being paid to Twitter by the FBI, uh, which means I don't care if you want to call it reimbursement, you're hiring them to do your work. Uh, then you give them clearance. And then yeah, the uh, the steady flow of what they call BU alumni, BU short for Bureau alumni, going to Twitter, going to work at Twitter to the, to, to the extent, there were so many of them, they actually had their own Slack, the private communications channel. And, you know, there was, they, they actually had their own, uh, organization in, in terms of how they organized the onboarding and kept track of the number of ex-FBI employees that were going to work at Twitter. Uh, in some cases, Schellenberger noted, uh, Twitter would probe cases presented by the Bureau but come up empty, not finding evidence of foreign influence campaigns. Uh, we haven't identified activity that we typically refer to you or even flag as interesting in the foreign influence context. Roth informed the FBI San Francisco agent uh, Elvis Chan, in one email of on May 31st, 2020, the FBI would also flag media articles on alleged foreign influence campaigns that Twitter would have to look into and debunk, repeatedly reporting very little Russian activity, according to Schellenberger. Time and time again, FBI mm. asked Twitter for evidence of foreign influence, and Twitter responds that they f- aren't finding anything right. worth reporting, <laughs> Schellenberger uh, writes. The FBI also made repeated requests for internal data from Twitter that the social media company refused to send over, uh, citing privacy uh, uh, privacy concerns. But they they what they but there was basically communication that you know a, a couple of these accounts were inactive. There was nothing going on. They had very few followers. There just wasn't a great concern for them at all on the inside of Twitter. They didn't see anything that the FBI was concerned about. As recently as August of this year, Twitter continued to work with the FBI, which pressured the company to disclose more sensitive uh, information. Look, Mm. the FBI is supposed to investigate criminal activity. Yep. And this isn't what they this isn't what they were doing. What is the basis for this? And, you know, they this internal memo that that Schellenberger put up in the in the thread yesterday on the payment, the $3.4 million, it was dated, or no, I'm sorry, it wasn't, it was dated uh, February this year, February 10th of this year, of last year, I'm sorry, 21. And it, but it, they said that they, that, that Twitter has collected $3.4 million 
since October of 2019. I want to know how much taxpayer money was given to Twitter on this whole thing, and there should be a full accounting. A full accounting. Every single transaction and what it was for. You know, this is the problem. I don't know what they believed what you know uh, they were doing or or who was in charge of the assignment there at the FBI but we're talking about at least dozens of agents and others who were ex FBI then went to work for Twitter so there's no telling how deep this was in terms of the FBI's office space there at Twitter but once you start those so-called reimbursements now you've got a money trail and that has to be accounted for I want to see that. And they uh, also, Schellenberger talked about the communication, the intense communication the night before the post story was Mm. going to be uh, 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 put out. Now, Mm. we don't know because that was some kind of back channel. I don't I forgot what they what they called it. Mm -hmm. You know, they know that the communication happened, but they don't know what the communication was between the FBI and Twitter leading up to the 5 a.m. Uh, 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 you know, a New York Post story mm-hmm. on that on that morning in October of of 2020, but there was the communication going back and forth. The thing that we know, though, is the fact that the FBI had the laptop and they knew it was legit. They had yep. the laptop yep. for ten months. Yep. Before this came out, even longer than uh, ten months, ten and a half months, they had the laptop. They mm-hmm. knew it, mm-hmm. and and so this is the Republicans are going to hit this. And hit this big time. And you can't win. I mean, you can't win this when you think about it. Now, maybe it will. And again, I just because I woke up at 10 o'clock and saw all this, I haven't been able to see, okay, how what was the response of the media during the day? And also, of course, the media was the mainstream media isn't isn't going to uh, to uh, to to cover this. At some point, they're going to have to. Yeah, at some point, they're going to have to. Uh, discussing and so the the problem is they were involved in the same thing. You talked about the um, uh, the uh, the meeting uh, that uh, on um, yeah, this was the, a, the Aspen uh, the Aspen group, right? Whatever. And and this is a meeting. And let me get back to that uh, to that one. Uh, this gets back to other involvement. You know, yesterday was it yesterday that we were asking? You know. What about the FBI's involvement in other media? Um, all right. So this is, let me see if I can get back to that one post. He's got the everything, and I'm, I'm uh, on his timeline, Michael, Michael Schellenberger. Um, this would have been in September of 2020. All right, I'm off of it right now, but I'll find it here in just a second. Um, but the the organizer of that event was Vivian Schiller. Okay, and by the way, you had representatives not just from Twitter. You had other uh, media there. A- according to Schellenberger, you had uh, New York Times. You had uh, representatives from Washington Post. Uh, you had Facebook. And Meta, they were represented at this and, meeting. And this meeting was on, on what? Um, this was, and I want to make sure I, I get it because um, I don't have it in front of me. But the organizer of the meeting was a person named Vivian Schiller. 
uh, heavy presence in the in the media and a long time background in the media. CNN, NPR, uh, New York Times, NPR, and also at Twitter. Um, at one point, let me see if I can get back to that part of the thread. The thread keeps jumping on me. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I thought somebody would have this unscrolled by now, and if they did, I I missed it. Um, unscrolled means it just is in one order, no other. You don't see any other posts from anybody replying except except the person, the author. Okay, I you know the uh, the New York Post had it. What is the mysterious Aspen Institute, and why did it hold a Hunter Biden exercise? Uh, a U.S. government-funded nonprofit known as the Mountain Retreat for the Liberal Elite sponsored a tabletop exercise intended to influence coverage of the leak of documents related to Hunter Biden. Mm-hmm. The latest installment of Elon Musk's Twitter files reveals in a series of tweets Monday, independent journalist Michael Schellenberger posted confidential documents from the Aspen Institute's September 2020 event, yeah. which he said was attended by Twitter's then head of trust and safety, Facebook's head of security policy, and the top national security reporters from the New York Times and the Washington Post. Right. The exercise by the Aspen Digital Hack and Dump Working Group involved an 11-day scenario in October of 2020 that began with the imaginary release of falsified records related to Hunter Biden's controversial employment by the Ukrainian energy company Burisma, which paid him as much as $1 million a year to serve on his board when his father was vice president. The goal was to shape how the media covered it and how social media covered it, uh, Schellenberger wrote, but the drill was put into practice weeks later when the Post broke the news story about Hunter Biden's uh, infamous laptop, which was either ignored or downplayed by most of the mainstream uh, news outlets and suppressed by both Twitter and uh, Facebook. This is uh, the New York Post uh, article from uh, Bruce uh, uh, Golding from uh, from yesterday, and then they go through all of the different things. And, and as Schellenberger writes, this is the effort basically to influence Joel Roth at Twitter, right? They mm-hmm. they need they're they're trying to work on him as they build this up toward the laptop thing. Right. And keep in mind, this is in September 2020, as you mentioned. All right. And that's the Aspen Institute tabletop exercise. And, you know, again, as you just pointed out, and they point out at the uh, post that the goal was to shape how the media covered it and how social media carried it. Organizer was Vivian Schiller, the former CEO of NPR, former head of news at Twitter, former general manager at New York Times. This is her resume, by, by the way. Former chief digital officer of NBC News. Also, she's uh, been at uh, CNN and Discovery. Also attending is Meta Facebook's head of security policy and the top national security reporters at from New York Times and Washington Post and others. By mid-September of 2020, Chan, the FBI agent, and Roth, at Twitter, had set up an encrypted messaging network so employees from FBI and Twitter could basically communicate. They also agreed to create a virtual war room for all the Internet industry plus FBI and ODNI. That's the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. That's massive. At that point, they had basically set up shop fully and completely. There was social media and the other media as to how this thing was going to be reported. 866-90-RED-EYE. 
We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's on our radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, so the Twitter files, wow. I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, every day it comes out, especially with the things with the FBI. And that's always been our, our – was our major concern. Yeah. Right. Uh, is not just whether Twitter censored, but, you know, what was the FBI involvement uh, uh, in it. As you noticed, uh, one of the excuses over the last week or so – when the Twitter files first came out, was the mainstream media, you know, stating, well, uh, uh, there is no First Amendment issue here. There is no constitutional First uh-huh. Amendment issue. Yeah. You don't hear them saying that anymore. No. But the $3 million in reimbursement, that's really bad for the FBI. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, 86690-RED-EYE. He's an American Eric. I'm American Gary. We're an American band. We're coming coming to to your your town. town. We'll help you party it down. down. We're an American band. We're an American band. (laughs) We'll get, if you're saying, what the hell are they doing? We're going to have to get some cowbell, man. Are Are they getting drunk? They're getting drunk early Christmas week. We're no. drunk on rock and roll. Yeah, we're <laughs> American rock and roll. <laughs> I'm, which I'm actually was it American rock and roll? Yeah, Grand Funk. Yeah, but they were Canadian, were they? No. Weren't a couple of the guys in the band Canadian? I don't think so. Didn't Thought you play? Were. Didn't you? Didn't you know one of them? The one mm-hmm. guy? No. No, I mean, I met Mark Farner. Yeah, that's one what I time. Yeah yeah, 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 that's what I thought. When he was no longer with the band. Yeah, yeah. He went on to do uh, Christian music. Mark Farner did. Yeah. Yeah, uh, from Flint, Michigan, an American rock band formed in 1969. Okay, good. In Flint, Michigan. Good. Sure, you're not I thinking of, think you're not. Are you thinking of American Woman? Or uh, guess who? Uh, no, I was thinking. <laughs> no, I was thinking a couple of the players in the band were Canadian, but I don't know why I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah. No, I no, I know the guess who, but yeah. Well, Mark Farner was I, I, a nice guy, very nice guy. Yeah. And in case you're wondering what we're talking about, we just we'll get to it here in a little bit, and that's about uh, Stanford and the yeah. the the words you must not use. <laughs> well. American. It's a good thing that I don't look for Stanford uh, to Stanford for anything. Any of my standards. I think that's very clear. <laughs> 40 years in broadcasting, I think I've made that point very clear. They don't set any standard for me ever. 
And so I'll keep saying I'm an American. Isn't that where, isn't that where Condi Rice was a professor? Was she at Stanford? Stanford or Berkeley, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. One, one of them. Yeah. All right, you you ready here? Mm. All right, Corrine Jean-Pierre, okay? This is mm. on, on the border. All right. All right, here we go. All right. Uh, but again, we're doing the work. The president has been doing the work at the border since day one. Uh, okay, no. does, does anybody does anybody really believe that? Because as as we have stated, we don't need to we don't need to tell you what Biden's opinion is on the border. No, here it is. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. There you go. A- any right. any debate from any Democrat out there? Yeah. Any, any? Do we have any debate? Anyone? Anyone? Now, this is, uh, this is really the interesting audio cut uh, that uh, that I like. This is the best one of the... This is the best one of the day, e- even the one where she just uh, where she uh, uh, was talking about Hunter Biden and just said, well, contact the FBI. We're, I have no comment on that. Mm. This is actually the best one. And this is on uh, Kamala Harris and a reporter wondering what she has done about the border since the president tagged her. Tag, you're it <laughs> to take care of the border Here's the question and the answer from Corrine Jean-Pierre. The president uh, tasked the vice president with studying and working on the root causes of some of these issues. I'm wondering if there's any update from this side of the White House on what she's been doing and what she will continue to do as we're expecting an influx at the border. As you know, the president uh, appreciates the partnership that he has with the vice president. You're right. That has been her charge to uh, work in a diplomatic way on finding the root causes of of migration. I don't have anything to lay out specifically on what that work looks like. Uh, But again, we appreciate her partnership uh, and uh, I would probably uh, refer you to her office on anything specific on the why why you don't contact her office no. the president appointed her yeah that's your you know right. i just i love how the white house does this so they'll sit there and say we appointed this person to do this yeah well how's that person doing we'll talk to them well no you're the you appointed them they're not kamala harris is not a separate department from yours you appointed her to do it yeah. what do you mean contact her Right. She's not reporting back to you? Yeah, today was defer, defer, defer. Um, <laughs> it would be like Corinne uh, uh, Jean-Pierre getting a question. Well, what does the president think? Well, I don't know. You'd have to ask him. I'll defer you to the president. <laughs> I mean, it really has become that laughable. But you know what? It's on the heels of something I floated just the other day. I don't think I said it on the air. I think I, I told you this during the break. They need to just have her step up to the podium every day and say, I don't know. Every question is, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't have the answer. No there. comment. Next question. I it, Just flat out, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. Uh, next next question. Um, I'm really uncertain about that. Next. <laughs> just instead of going through, because it would actually be a step up of fumbling through the book of answers every single day. But now it's, uh, no, I'll just have to send you somewhere else. Sorry. Okay, I don't even know how I I didn't uh 
preview this audio. I just found it really interesting. This is where a reporter asked about El Paso's Democratic mayor mm-hmm. declaring a state of emergency. All right. And the the uh, the uh, headline is here after that question is asked, Kareen Jean-Pierre reads a prepare script from her binder. So that made it so I had to, <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't even know what she's going to say. All right. I did all not right. preview this, but here we go. All right. Uh, El Paso's Democratic mayor has declared a, a state of emergency, and he said that he would only do that when he felt he could no longer keep his community or the asylum seekers safe. He's saying that that time is now ahead of Title 42 expiring. Um, what is the White House response to that? So, look, we have, uh, from day one, President Biden has taken steps to reduce disorderly migration while expanding legal pathways uh, for orderly migration. <laughs> yeah. All right. Nobody buys that. Nope. Yeah. And the media's on it big time. I mean, that was, you know, that was, uh, that was the, that's the question going to the White House uh, right now, and everybody, you know, you can't hide it. I mean, the 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 Fox reporters, uh, uh, the the uh, the Post reporter, they are asking about you know the the you know the the whole uh, Hunter Biden the FBI relationship with Twitter. They just won't answer the question, right? Uh, but it's out there, and, and everybody knows it's out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know, it's not it's not a surprise. You know, it's a, yep. and you know, and so they can't they can't hide that. But as to the uh, the uh, the border, I mean the the pictures that you see, um, you know the pictures that you see, you know when I'm 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 looking right now and and uh, at one video which shows just hundreds upon hundreds thousands crossing the Rio yeah. Grande at, right. at, at El Paso, right? And uh, you know, and the the headline Biden administration it would wrong be wrong to think that the border is open. It is not open. Well, you put that together with these pictures, and you're like, are you people nuts? And then again, with Biden stating what he stated, understand what Biden's philosophy is. And the thing is, it's so much when you when you think about it, you know, we we heard it. Uh, somebody's asked Mayorkas right now if the border is secure with all these photos coming out and, and videos coming out. Because that's the official position of the administration is the border is secure and the president is working on it. And it's Trump's fault. Now, they tried this back in March of 2020, and it didn't work. Right. March of, uh, excuse me, March of uh, 2021, and, uh, excuse me, uh, March of 2021, April of 2021, when, uh, you know, this all started happening. Mm-hmm. And we have played for you what Biden said in that primary debate, that he's not just talking about people should come over. Remember, he said surge to the border. Yeah. No, he that's what... He Surged, promoted right, and and he did it passionately. He's this is exactly what he wanted. You know, um, it's interesting because a lot of times this, especially this time of year, and after you have a midterm, after you have an election, there's kind of this lull. But when you see this, and and look. Everything going on, it, it didn't matter what happened with the Supreme Court and and Roberts, any of that. There was there was going to be a surge. I think there's going to be a continued surge after the beginning of the year. I think a warmer winter at the border is probably means we'll see more people coming across. And 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 Jean Pierre yesterday too, trying to say that this you know 
by repeating this thing about open borders, you're empowering the cartel. You're helping the cartels. <laughs> no. You you and your boss are helping the cartels. Your boss said, let's make this happen. We played the audio cut. We'll play it again a lot for anybody who has questions. Let's just let's let's play it again it, exactly. because it, because it's so important. We can talk about it all yep. day. This and is people him. can argue about well, Biden his position. Let's hear it this from is Biden. Him. Here he I would in fact make sure that there is we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. So there you go. Was he lying? The question you came up with this question. Mm -hmm. I think it was on. You did it through Obama a lot. Yeah. yeah. Biden was Biden lying then, mm -hmm. or is the Biden administration lying now? Right. It's one way or the other. Yeah. What is what is their opinion? Democrats. What's their opinion? Who do you believe? Biden back then or Biden now? Yes. Which Biden is lying? Right. And we know which one it is. How do we know? Because the same thing on energy production, right? Look, the same thing on the same thing on oil. He was saying it, trying to get elected. Yes, he was trying to get the Democrat nomination. Yes, that's why he said it exactly. He and the, wanted and the, and, he and, wanted support, and he promoted that proudly, and it got him the nomination, right? And it got him the win. That's when you're right. that's when you're promoting what you're proud of then. You know, and and that would be the question I would have because this is the belief of the Democratic Party. Is this the belief of the Democratic voter? Remember, he was elected with that with everyone knowing that radical position. But is that radical is that a radical position? The question I have to ask is that a radical position within the Democratic Party? Right. Or does the Democratic voter agree exactly with what President Biden said? And just like when Obama said that, remember, he was against gay marriage, everybody knew that was a lie. Yep. Yep. And so everybody knows that the White House lies every day because this is exactly what they want. No, this is it. This I is mean... exactly what the what's going on at the border, what's going on in El Paso. What has been going on at border cities, the insanity, the, the, the Gavin Newsom 10 days ago stating the Democratic Party needs to do something about this. Well, they are. This is what Gavin Newsom, what are you, you're not paying attention? Well, and, and Mayor, Mayor Adams, you know, I need help. I need help. They don't want you to have help. They want the chaos to continue. Well, and they and uh, Jean-Pierre mentioned mass amnesty yesterday. Yeah. So not only do they not want to help, they want to make sure that as many people as possible can stay here. Right. They hope that the chaos causes uh, the country to say, well, this is enough, just mass amnesty. Right. Everybody becomes a permanent resident right, and right. or citizen. Right. That's what they're hoping for. Right. Otherwise, they would stop it. Yep. But that is the opinion. I'm going to play it again. 
because we need to play this over and over again. And by the way, we we picked this out yesterday after Matt, Martha Raddatz. You know what? Well, it's it's um uh, you know Biden doesn't talk open borders. You know you hear that from from the Republicans and uh-huh. from the yeah. governors, right. and, and so that's why they're coming over. And Abbott said, "No, everybody knows that they knew as soon as Biden took over because of what he had said before." Uh, what he campaigned on. And this is what Biden campaigned on. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. He's not saying if you happen to come to the border with a legit asylum request, we will help you. No. He is telling them surge to the border. Right. I mean, they're all seeking asylum, right? They can they can claim that they're being oppressed in any other nation easily, yep. and he knows that. That was the whole point of using that. Right. And he didn't say, "Well, if you happen to be at the," he said to the world, "Surge to our southern border." Yep, yep. And the American people like that idea, and that's why they voted him president of the United States. Right. And when there were thousands and thousands, well over 10,000 under the International Bridge in Del Rio, what were they telling the media? Yeah. We'll stay here. We, we, we don't mind having to wait. And we can't. This here. is a small yeah. price to pay because we know we're going to get in. Right. And how do we know? Because, you know, why are you here? Biden invited us. Yep. Remember that. Yep. <laughs> are we clear now? Yeah, let's quit. Uh, being, let's quit yeah. being stupid. Yeah. Let's quit playing word games here. Eight six six ninety red eye. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at JJ Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on winter weather driving. On the off chance that you become stranded due to wintry conditions, it's important to be prepared and to know what to do. Consider carrying an emergency kit that includes a shovel, flares, jumper cables, first aid supplies, a flashlight, and spare batteries. If you become stranded, stay in your vehicle. Walking in a storm puts you at risk of being hit by a car, suffering hypothermia, or getting lost. Call 911 to request help. Store extra clothes in your cab so you can stay warm by wearing layers. If you have to run the engine for heat, make sure that the exhaust pipe is clear of snow and crack a window to make sure that carbon monoxide doesn't build up in the cab. Also pack extra food and water, so you don't have to go hungry or risk dehydration while you're waiting for help to arrive. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This report is brought to you by Pilot Flying J and by Shell Rotella. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. And so this is actually turning into a liberal circular firing squad, what's going on at the border. Mm. We have talked about it before, even though Senator Brown of Ohio made it sound like, I don't know anybody who's tall. Only people on the right the right wings, the only people talking about this. He's playing the people of Ohio for suckers, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he is. You know, we, you know it, whether it's Gavin Newsom, the mayor of El Paso saying we can't ha- we just can't handle this uh, 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 anymore. 
the mayor of Denver that uh, came out, or New York Mayor Eric Adams now saying public services for taxpaying New Yorkers may be cut to help illegal immigrants coming into the city. Uh, he as Remember, he's a supporter of sanctuary uh, uh, city policies. And mm-hmm. by the way, the people of New York should be grateful that the fact that you're going to have to cut public services because you knew this when you decided to become a sanctuary city. Right. You said illegal immigrants and criminal illegal immigrants are more important to us than the safety and security of our own citizens. Yeah, and the people of New York City and uh, had a chance to change things recently with an election, and they decided not to. Right. It's a choice. We are communicating with the White House regularly. Uh, he said it's unfair to everyday New Yorkers who are already dealing with their crises. What are you talking about? No, this is exactly right for New York. You should be willing to... If you are the ones that said we're not going to abide by federal law, you can't go to the federal government for money. This is the culmination, not a crisis, but the culmination of policy that was put into place a long time ago. You should welcome this. Knows if they've been naughty or nice. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. You know, you, ha- you we've asked this question for a long time. Is there any base mindset of the modern day liberal? I mean, do they actually believe in anything? And we ask this question in a serious, in, in, in a sort of serious way. Uh, you you look at the the border. We know why what's going on at the border. We played mm-hmm. you Biden over and over again. Mm-hmm. Biden has, in, in order to get elected, said, uh, "I want a surge to the border, yeah, of illegal immigrants." That's what he actually said. Everybody should come here, and that's where. Yeah. And when we say open borders, we're like we're basing it on what he said. We're not making this up. He's he said it. Surge to the border. Yeah. The masses surge to the border. Uh, that's as close to open borders philosophy as you can get. And now with the insanity going on at the border and the insanity going on now for a year and a half over, uh, excuse me, almost two years, uh, the president, you know, the administration now is, no, the border is secure. The border is secure. Mm -hmm. The border is secure. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait a minute. We're working hard to make sure the border is secure. Oh, wait a minute. It's Republicans fault. It's uh, because the Republicans are talking about open borders. Mm-hmm. And when uh, the cartels hear the Republicans talking about open borders, that's why they're coming across. Yeah. Well, we all know that's a load of horse manure. Everybody everybody does. On oil, you know, he's constantly correcting himself. It's probably about time in the next week for him to say, no more drilling at all. Yeah. And then the White House has to clarify it. And then, well, who... <laughs> We're drilling and gas prices are coming down. It's just like Obama. They want it they want it both ways. Sanctuary cities is another one. Yeah. Democrats, this wasn't like they just did it. These cities have been and and California, you know, but these cities have been sanctuary cities for years. Yep. And yeah. a sanctuary city means 
You're not going to cooperate with the federal government and the federal immigration laws. Because the, you because you don't want those right. individuals taken out of your city. Right. You don't want them taken out. You've you said, want them to stay there. Yes. You want them to come there and you've, stay there. You've said, come here. We're a sanctuary city. In fact, we will protect illegal immigrant criminals. Mm-hmm. We believe that on the scale of importance, it is more important to protect illegal immigrant criminals than it is the safety and security of innocent American citizens. We yep. know that. Yep. So then, and, and and by the way, a lot of these buses and, and airplane flights are coming from Biden. Yeah. Biden's sending them there. That's why they're saying we need help. We need help. We need help. And But then Mayor Adams comes out and says, it's unfair to everyday New Yorkers who are already dealing with their crises. We're already dealing with a housing crisis. We're dealing with so many crises. It's unfair to New Yorkers to carry the burden on their own. No, it's not. You asked for it. You set it up this way. You wanted all of this. You welcomed them. You opened the door. You were part of that. You supported that. It was put into place, and you continued that. You didn't campaign saying, I'm going to put a stop to that. Right, that we can't afford this. Right. No. I mean, what I see coming from Mayor Adams is absolute xenophobia, is it not, by their own standard? Well, by their own standard. Right. You wish to prioritize New York City citizens over foreigners. Quote, foreigners. That's xenophobia coming from Mayor Adams Mm. from the Democrats' standard and definition of xenophobia. Right. They're the ones that came up with it. We're it, just we're just making sure that they try to be consistent. Yeah. And ultimately what they want is they want a bunch of federal money flowing in. Right. Ultimately what Mayor Adams and Governor Newsom want is a ton of federal money. Right. We need money. But but think about this. We're not going to abide by federal law. Right. All right. But we want federal money. What are the, what are the consequences? Yeah. Well, uh, the administration's looking, going, well, you're a sanctuary city. We're going to send them to where you are because you're a sanctuary city. Yeah. So here you go. Well, we need federal dollars. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. You you just said sanctuary city means you're not going to abide by federal law. If you're not going to, does anybody believe that if you're not going to abide by federal law, the federal government should bail you out? <laughs> I mean, they're just, Democrats are all over the place. No, I mean, that's exactly what they, exactly what they want. No, give us. Give us the money. Well, what are you going to do with the money? Because yeah, you're not going to cooperate with federal authorities, but you want the money. Yeah. It's just mind-boggling. I mean, it's all <laughs> over the place. and But that's exactly what they're asking for. They're asking for federal money. That's what Newsom was saying. And essentially, that's what Adams is saying. They don't have any money. They're making the point is we're running out of money for services here in our city. And we don't have a choice. We're going to have to shut it down. That's the consequences of being a sanctuary city. Right. And supporting what the president has been doing. Look, do a part-time subway. (laughs) (laughs) Tuesdays, (laughs) subway rationing. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Now, if your last name starts with an A, B, or C... (laughs) 
garbage pickup once a month. Then you, yeah, uh, once every six months. <laughs> a, B, or C, that would include all of the Cuomos. Then it's every other Tuesday that you get city services. <laughs> I mean, sewage plants work once a week. You can use the toilet right. once a week. Yes. Don't remember, don't flush. Running water once a week. Th- yes. One day a week. Right. And to make that- sure you abide by that policy, they're going to turn it off. It'll be turned on for one hour only. The entire household gets one hour. <laughs> I mean, the, the the reality is that Mayor Adams and Governor Newsom are putting their hand out. They want the taxpayers to pay for it. They want the taxpayers in other cities and states to pay for it. They want the federal government to write them a check. But it is interesting because the cities are saying, look, our, we're not going to abide by the federal law. And right. we're going to prioritize illegal immigrant criminals over our own citizens. And then when and then the federal government, uh, this administration decides we're also not going to enforce federal law. Mm. Right. Right. We're not really going to enforce federal law. Right. And and uh, and therefore, since nobody's paying attention to federal law, send us money. Right. Hey, now, here's the thing. We talked about, I mentioned, funding mechanism. Well, when you create sanctuary city or state policy, you don't actually put in a funding mechanism because it's all free because it grows on trees. They can accommodate everybody. We all know that. It's magic. But remember what <laughs> what it was based in. It's based in we're not going to spend our local resources cooperating with the federal government. Well, then you should have a an abundance of savings, right? You should have your local resources should be saving money because you stopped either as a city or a county or a state. You stopped spending your budgets on cooperating with the federal authorities. Mm-hmm. Take that overabundance of savings <laughs> and use it. Isn't that how it works? In a statement, Adams suggested that if illegal immigration skyrockets, taxpaying New Yorkers will see their public services cut in response so the city can free up funds for border crossers and illegal aliens. But, I mean, this is this is how bizarre it is, and this is where you get into the whole liberal circular firing squad that's going on, uh, you know, going on right now. Yeah. That uh, so many of these uh, buses and airplanes are going into democrat sanctuary cities right and they're screaming saying what are you what are you doing well you're the ones that said come here right what do you think happens when you say we're a sanctuary city well that, i mean that, think about that that, that. that uh, uh illegal immigrants are going to avoid you right you get the governors of arizona texas and uh and florida right uh and you have illegal immigrants showing up in those states and those governors and officials saying, would you like a free ride? But remember, this is not, they're not being forced to go anywhere. Would you like a free ride to New York City? <laughs> yeah. It's a sanctuary city. Why wouldn't, why would New York even create a, why would you even mention it? Why would you even uh, uh, hint at it being a problem? It's not a problem. Right. This is exactly 
what you wanted. What you wanted. This is the very intended consequence. And, and Newsom, the same thing in California. Yep. California wants and has put out a special request yep. for illegal immigrants to come there. Right. Don't complain. It's what you asked for. Because if you're talking to the person who came to whether Texas, Arizona, or Florida, they're looking at it, and they already know. They know exactly the layout. They know where the sanctuary cities and states and counties are. And they often go to work there because they know that those jurisdictions are not going to cooperate with federal authorities. So they, this is the whole point. You're safe to come here and live your life and work and earn a living. And that's what they do. So when the governors of those states say, would you like a free ride? They're like, you guys couldn't make it easier. Because that's exactly where we were going to end up in these sanctuary areas. And that's exactly the way it was supposed to be. Oh, wait, you didn't want that playing out in front of the cameras. Oh, wait, you didn't think it was actually going to be a surge. You you thought Biden, uh, as a candidate, was just going to say something and it would never actually get to that point because the liberal media would help cover it up. You thought there was no way that would be well over 2 million this year so far crossing the southern border. Well, Biden made that clear. He made it clear. That's what he wanted. Surge to the border. He used the word surge. We didn't interject that language. That's his language. To to Mayor Adams and Gavin Newsom, listen to this. Yeah. All right. Here we go. I'm going to play this audio cut here. All right. Listen to this here. For all the Democrat mayors that are complaining. Any questions? You were were told this is the policy. Yep. You are sanctuary cities. You and states, you agree with being sanctuary cities and states. Mm-hmm. So what's the problem? I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. What there else do we have to, I mean, oh, how, and they I, don't, I don't know how to be clearer on this. And they did. They showed up. Yeah. They were listening. Right. He said it. They were listening. They, they grabbed their families, and they went. And here we are. Yeah. So stop the xenophobia. Right. I mean, that's the ultimate in the Democrat definition of xenophobia. Right. Because you invited them. Where's AOC? And now, and now you're saying, we can't afford this. Right. Tell us where we're right. 866-90-RED-EYE. <laughs> Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, uh, it's going to be... Uh, uh, a cold lead up to uh, Christmas this year. Yeah, we'll have yeah. we'll have some of that uh, coming up here in uh, in just uh, a little bit. So, plus, I, I found an article yesterday just fascinating. Some of the coldest temp the coldest temperatures in every state ever. Oh, okay, so, all right, and, it's, and wow. it's just really interesting because I saw some of it. And I went, mm. really? Yeah. I think the lowest was in Florida was two degrees or minus two. Okay. It had to be in northern Florida somewhere. Yeah, somewhere in the panhandle, maybe. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm going to. I remember one time my because uh, I had outdoor pipes when I lived in Navarre, uh, uh, in Navarre Beach, Florida, between Pensacola and Fort Walton Beach. Uh, my pipes burst. I was on. Uh, now they burst on the outside. I had nothing on the inside. Mm. But it was funny because my neighbor, who was my <laughs> who <laughs> was the afternoon guy in our station, <laughs> he was my neighbor because uh, we lived on like forty acres of nothing because we were sort of caretakers of the property. Yeah. Uh, he saw it burst, and by the time I came back from vacation, it was all fixed. So I never had to deal with it. Yeah. Right. But yeah, that was one. That would have been the. I believe. I don't know if that was the winter of. It, the Christmas of eighty three or eighty four was one of them, but it got cold. Mm. It snowed, and it got it got cold where it burst. So, yeah, uh, probably in the Panhandle uh, somewhere. Yeah, but yeah, to get to it, you know, we're uh, again we're um, uh, we're we're having a little bit of fun with Democrats here, but they're the ones, you know, they 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 establish themselves as sanctuary cities, mm-hmm. uh, and this is the continuation of the Democrats that want to legislate something but never wants to pay for the consequences of what they legislate in sanctuary cities. You invited, you put out the invitation. Biden put out the invitation. Mm -hmm. Biden, you know, said, come on across. They came across. He's sending them to sanctuary cities. Mm -hmm. And now you're in sanctuary states. Yep. And now you're complaining about the expense of it. Yep. Well, you want the legislation. You don't want the consequences of your legislation. Exactly. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. What a nice Christmas present that it would be. It would be the gift that keeps taking, and um, (laughs) it's, uh, listen, it's the thought that counts, but don't tell them that, because then you bring up the whole, well, what were you thinking thing? So don't say that, but like, it's the thought that counts. Just just say here. Give the Red Eye Radio app to one of your liberal family members yes this christmas holiday and and say i love you as you as you are unveiling the gift you know you're gonna have to be pretty convincing about it just repeat i love you no seriously i do love you no seriously that is your gift and download it today and we appreciate it we um Okay, my days are all running together right now because there's a lot going on in my personal life and, and I, life. I, I thought you know. I thought it was Wednesday. No, I've been thinking it's, it's Wednesday since the beginning of the show, and I said welcome to Tuesday, but I'm thinking Wednesday. Uh, when I was out in the kitchen, I just went, okay, let me see now. Tomorrow's when the cold. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. What day is it? No, I no, have been thinking. Tuesday. I have been thinking Wednesday, but something somebody said. Something, um, they were promoting something that was going on that uh, said, uh, coming up, uh, you know, it's, it, it'll be the, 
something close to New Year's, and I was thinking, oh, yeah, okay, uh, yeah, that's that's down the road. Wait a minute, what? I mean, my calendar and everything is just off, completely off. My days have just been running together, uh, and and now uh, here, here we are. I'm sorry, I got to look. December 20th. <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> uh, so we're out of here. You and I are out of here um, after our show on Thursday morning, right? Twenty second, right? And we'll we'll be uh, we'll be gone for a very long time. It's it's like years. I think <laughs> our end of year. It feels like it sometimes, uh, but uh, we'll be back after the new year. Um, and uh, but uh, it's going to be a lot. Uh, Dan Mandis is going to be filling in. We've got some, you know. Best of shows. We've got uh, just so you know, because I remember how this this uh, this uh, happened. Mm. Because in radio, I never had until I think it was uh, eight years ago mm. or seven years ago. I never had Christmas week off. Yeah, I would get Christmas right. off, whatever. And then I think it was we got because of our time or whatever negotiated. Mm-hmm. We got mm-hmm. a fourth week, right? And yeah. I remember being yeah. told, and I'll never forget this. We were told. No, management is saying you have to take off Christmas week. Right, the week between Christmas and the end of right. the world. And I, th- and I think you and to? I, Kenny Lee, said, oh, we have to? What do you mean? Well, you we have may to? have to negotiate something more <laughs> if you're going to force us to take off Christmas week. <laughs> right. I mean, there- for years we worked, you yeah. know, either you were working, I mean, the week before and after, and it, and it was, I mean, I don't know, I can't remember the first time I actually got, time off uh, you know a week around any time close to christmas. i know uh, by the and, way uh also uh our buddy matt murphy is going to be in this friday so matt murphy will be right, in this friday i was uh reading reading uh some of his uh tweets uh just yesterday and responses uh, he, he's he a great t- follow he, he was tweeting a lot yesterday yeah 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 <laughs> a great follow on uh on yeah. twitter matt murphy mm-hmm. uh so he'll be in uh this thursday night friday morning uh, and then our buddy Dan Mandis will be out, uh, will be in, uh, next Tuesday morning through Friday morning. Uh, and, uh, so we, uh, appreciate both of those guys. Very knowledgeable. Our, our audience loves both of them. And, uh, we're very honored to have, uh, all the folks that fill in for us just yep. top notch guys and, uh, well respected in the industry. Um, and so, uh, it's a kind of a step up. <laughs> so we, we appreciate those guys. We appreciate not those for guys. them. Not for them. It's not right. Right. Exactly. It's, for it's the their show. sacrifice. Well, yeah, what you're saying is for the I'm, show. It's a step up. I'm yes, not so. sure what they've done to deserve this, but I'll leave that between them and management. <laughs> but nonetheless, yeah. they'll be here. But yeah, that was. I mean, I was. I'll never forget that. It was like, should, should we negotiate and say if you're going to force us to do this, we want something else in return? It's like, yeah. no. Let's just. Yeah, we'll, let's, give, we'll give in to that we'll one. Go, we'll go with the flow and well, and, and learn to I, say yes. I was talking to my brother because it's going to be great because my my brother, um, you know, normally when I'm back, I don't get to see him that much because he's he's always working. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to him, he's he's like. I have two weeks off. I said, how did you pull that off? Yeah. How do you get two? He said, I got a full two. He said, I'm done Friday and I don't go back to January 6th. Wow. I said, how did you pull that off? He said, I didn't take any vacation during the whole year. And then uh, oh, when it wow. came up to it, you know, I because I'd worked every, you know, holiday, whatever. Yeah. And we both agreed that because I used to for, you know, I would always get off. Well, I did work some when I was uh, when I was a station manager. Uh 
and a program director. These music stations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked. Uh, I worked Christmas. Even yeah. in some of my talk radio career, mm-hmm. I I worked uh, when I did uh, middays. I worked a couple of uh, of Christmases. Now, and early in talk radio history, early in talk radio history, uh, there were a lot of stations, including our flagship, that would add Christmas music, actually would play Christmas music and have Christmas specials. Yes. And, yes. and I don't know how many of them still do, but because um, I don't listen to radio. <laughs> well, I, I, I went in. But, but yep, they, I mean, yeah, they used to, do. my point is, yeah. is that they used to play it like around the clock on Christmas Day. Uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas, Christmas Eve Day, yeah. through Christmas Day, right? Yeah. Uh, but a couple times I went in and, and played Christmas music and did yeah. you know yeah. basically yeah. Christmas related things when you're a um, a local talk show host. So it really wasn't, especially when it's midday because I was done by noon. Yeah, uh, and it was like okay, still have the rest of of, uh, of of Christmas. So my brother and I both agreed that having time off during Christmas is like we're back in school again. And we both agreed that when, you know, you get off a couple days before Christmas started, maybe yeah. the day before Christmas right. Eve. Yeah. yeah. And then you didn't come back until, you know, whatever the first weekday was after, you know, January 1st. Right. And that seemed to me when I was a kid, that time off seemed like it was a year. Yeah, it did. And, and yeah. I'm, I'm just, you think back to when you're uh, a kid and like summers, when we had off from the, you know, middle of June yeah. until Labor Day, that that was an eternity. Yeah, and I yeah. think of how yeah. time moves so quickly now, and it you know it just because I'm busy and maybe it, maybe if I maybe if I had decided to retire, it would go a lot slower. I'd be going, I need to do something, but because I'm so busy, um. It goes very fast. So, but it's still, it's like, wow, we have time off. And my, and my brother said to me, he said, remember that even when Christmas was over, cause you're, it's like Christmas, you know, Eve and, or Christmas night, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, Christmas is over. But it's like, yeah, but we have a whole week. I, yeah. Until, until New Year's, all the stuff we got for Christmas. And it was like, and that week was just the most fun week of the entire year for well, us. Well, it, it was. And, I remember saying to one friend of mine when I was younger, uh, you know, he's. I said, uh, you know, what what do you want to do? What do you want to do this week? He said, we should join the army. I said, you know, we're ten, right? <laughs> I mean, we would. It was it was one of those times of year, and I always lived, except for my first four years, I lived in Texas all my life, so. The weather was usually pretty good, and you know it was cooler. But you could you could go outside, you could do things, and I always, man, I just loved it. And speaking of which, we're going to get this cold snap mid midweek next week. We're back in the sixties. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to try to golf next week because mm-hmm. I get back on I get back on Tuesday. Now Wednesday, probably morning, I'll try to hit some golf balls. Then Wednesday afternoon is Trans-Siberian. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't going to go at first, but I found great seats and I went, okay. I'll yeah. Go. I yeah. just, I just to me, I like going before Christmas. Sure. You know, going after yeah. sort of like, eh, okay. But there's such, there's such a good band where it's, and I got good seats. and Yeah. Uh, it's I'm always like, a great show. It's like, okay, I got, I, I've got to go. But then I'm thinking of 
hitting golf balls when I get back Tuesday, hitting them Wednesday, and then maybe going out next Thursday. I may not play well, but I just want to get out. I just want to yeah, you know get right. out and mm-hmm. it, it's always great to be able to golf in December. Like I swam in November mm-hmm. in my pool, so that was like that's always a great thing if you can do that. Right. But uh, we'll have some of the uh, all the the all time coldest temperatures. Fox weather had that. On their, for different locations. For different locations. Yeah. All, all the 50 states. Okay. The lowest, the coldest, all-time temperatures. You know, we always hear, maybe because it's the left is so obsessed with global warming, the highest temperature, but you never hear the coldest temperatures. Right. And and so we'll have that. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, – it's going to be. And I get to hang with my brother a little bit, which is a lot. I don't get a chance to do that too often. So that would be fun. But the whole thing this week is like, okay, i got to make sure everything's set because it's going to be so cold when I go. And I will be leaving to go to the airport. I probably will get up at quarter after one in the morning. So I'll go oh, to sleep. <laughs> so this will be Thursday night. I'll go to sleep maybe 8.30. Uh-huh. I'll wake up at, at quarter to, uh, you know, a quarter after one. And then, you know, shower, do everything. Uh-huh. I want to be out of the house by quarter after two because the uh, the gates open at three. Right. You know, the TSA gates. So right. I'll be up during the coldest time and going to the airport and, the one I, I get the the half price rate if you book in advance, and I book my old car, my old vehicle because eh, you're at the airport. I don't want somebody opening a door. Now it's like my vehicle is nineteen and a half. My old vehicle is nineteen and a half years old. It doesn't look like it, and it runs great, mm-hmm. but you're, you're like, I got to start it when it's ten degrees or eleven degrees. So I'm <laughs> I'm keeping that in the garage and starting it in the garage. And then yeah. backing it out and letting it idle for 10 minutes before I head to the airport. There's not going to be snow or ice or anything, so it'll be no, clear. No, no. But uh, and once I get it started, it's like, keep it keep it started. <laughs> yeah. The battery's only a year old, so it's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to be, I mean, the wind is going to be crazy. I know. Yeah, fifty mile, possible 50-mile-an-hour gust. Mm. So I'll be going to Buffalo to warm up. Yeah, so it's actually going to be a little warmer when you get there on Friday. Right, uh, I then then it is here. Uh, at it, least then when you leave here, from when yeah, from when I leave, uh, the actual. Let me just uh, quickly uh, check here because um, when I when I get in, uh, it will be. Hang on here. Hmm. You know, all of a sudden the Wi-Fi here is super slow. Yeah, you know it's like now well, we'll check. <laughs> It's it's supposed to be in the teens, and okay. it will be in the teens. I think it'll be colder Saturday uh, mm. there than it is here. It starts warming up here, yeah. and I think Sunday also. But Chicago is supposed to get hit big time. Mm. So, uh, all right, here we go. Uh, it'll be 45 and 14 on Friday in Buffalo. All right. And then 2016 on Saturday, 19 and 14 on Sunday, 22 and 16 on Monday. Which is normal. And then you come back to Texas on Tuesday? Is that right? Yeah. 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 So you'll so. be coming back to, uh, like, uh, what is it, in the 50s on Tuesday. Is that what it is? It's, that's yeah. What's, that's what's Sunny. Up to? Sunny in uh, 52 for this neighborhood here. So Yeah, because yeah, right now, okay, temperature's moving up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, 44 and 12 for Thursday here in Texas. Then 27-22 on Friday, 34-24 on Saturday, 46-35. And then Monday, 51-30. And then Tuesday, 
5243. It's going to be a heat wave. Yeah, and that Thursday thing is oh, look, look uh, is going to be temperatures falling throughout the day. So that 42, uh, 43 right. is going to be the high. Basically, it's going to happen at midnight, and then and then during the day, temperatures are going to be falling as that and massive th- front comes through. Then Thursday and Friday of next week when we're still on vacation, 68 and 68 for Thursday and Friday. Crazy. <laughs> I, I can't wait, by the way. <laughs> I, I don't mind this you know, massive cold snap happening as long as, you know, everybody is safe and everybody gets to where they're going. There's, you know, there's no precipitation here. There's not going to be any problem except it being cold. Uh, I did see that the grid is expected to hold, that they don't expect issues. Well, I'm not trusting it. I'm shutting down my pool later on this afternoon. Yeah, yeah, right. uh, Well, when I say shutting it down, I simply... Uh, empty the the empty the pump, empty the uh, the the filter container. Mm-hmm. Uh, take off the chlorine generator. Right. Let it sit for a couple of days so everything evaporates inside before it gets cold. Right. I did it last year twice and it worked great. Yeah. I, I don't want another four thousand dollar bill. Yeah. Right. That was a beautiful last time. It's like it was like four thousand. I go, wow, my homeowner's insurance. Your deductible is four thousand. Yeah. Oh, great. Great. So I'm just not. I'm not going to. It only takes ten minutes to do so. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. take it, and you could keep the pool. I, I think when it broke in February, I don't think I had it fixed till May. Yeah, because there was a there was a backup. On yeah, it. at least until middle of May, right? And I never got any algae. I got the gunk in the pool, but mm. <laughs> but I never got any algae. But that was I don't want to go through that again. Yeah. So if it takes ten minutes to, uh, you know, empty it and then prime it again when I get back Tuesday, that's worth doing it. Yeah. Know? But, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. So just looking here at this uh, the map and of the coldest temperatures of all time, and we'll get to that, uh, you know, the parts of the Midwest. I mean, Chicago is supposed to get blasted yeah. by the end yeah. of the week. Mm. They're actually talking about the Bears game, you know. Uh, you know, they they were and, – and it's funny because Buffalo's going in and they were talking about Buffalo all last week with the possibility of snow and whether the game would take place. And then Buffalo had to uh, move one of their home games, remember, around Thanksgiving right. to Detroit. Yeah. And now the talk is could this happen again because of the, the blizzard and snow and the cold that's going to hit uh, Chicago. Uh, I think they should week. all hit the field dressed like Ralphie from A Christmas Story all bundled up, you know. That would be hilarious. All right. I haven't watched. I've, I've got to watch it again. I have not watched Fat Man. I never watched it Oh, no, the that's on my queue. That's on my queue. I never watched Probably I'm, the fourth or fifth time. Okay. I've, yeah. got, to, I've got to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Die Hard, of course. My oldest daughter got me a magnet last year. Uh, it said, uh, Die Hard is my Christmas movie. Because I'm convinced I'm the first one to ever say that. I said it, what, 15 years ago? Yeah, you said it I know it, 17 ago, yeah. years ago. Right. Um, I know I said it before that. I'm the first one to say it, and you'll you'll be pressed hard-pressed to uh, convince me otherwise. I saw a thing the other day, 
uh, Die Hard or Lethal Weapon, what's the best Christmas movie? I'm like, oh, oh, gotcha. oh both, <laughs> both. I, I would say Die Hard definitely goes number one. But the thing is, is that I can, I can. Uh, oh, so Lethal Weapon and then uh, Fat Man. You know, back to back, you do a, a double dose of Mel Gibson. Did you watch a Christmas Story Christmas yet? No, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, that's HBO Max, right? I yes. I, I haven't gotten the. Uh, I was going to try the thirty day trial again. I don't know if they'll do that for me because I had HBO Max apparently <laughs> in the household before, and and we canceled it, so I'm not sure yeah, if they'll. Be. I, I don't. It yeah, doesn't matter. A, I'll pay for it. I got That's a month. Fine. I got a month to month, and I got a yeah one month. It was like yeah. thirteen bucks. So right. Uh, and uh, I watched it a second time. You watch it a second time. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's even it even fits better with the the first one, and, yeah. But yeah. my my favorite Christmas yeah. movie of all time though mm-hmm. is well, it's not my it's one of my top five mm-hmm. uh, is Twenty um, Ninth Street. Danny yeah. Danny Aiello's one of yeah. his his greatest role. Yeah. Yeah. The movie did nothing, right? But it's on YouTube for free. It's on YouTube for free if you yeah, yeah 20, you can watch it. Yep. Did you watch it then? You watch, I you haven't it? watched it, but I saw okay. that it was on YouTube. Yeah, it's a uh, it's just you know. Uh, a lot of profanity. Yeah, not for the kids. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's uh, uh, and you know, and they talk about it. Well, it's a. I think Danny Aiello said in in one of the, not the trailer, but um, an interview one time. He goes, "Ah, it's a, it's a, a Italian family. It's a wonderful life." But it no, but it's. Uh, I just I love that movie. It's a great yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Get a word in edgewise. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So here I have the the map in front of me. Now, I don't have the dates of when this happened, but it's just a map of the all-time coldest temperatures in every single state. Okay. The all-time low temperature in the United States. Yeah. In Alaska, minus 80 degrees below zero. Wow. Uh, that would be, um, trying to see here if they have one that, if they have one that, well, they have a couple of them. The, the old time low in Hawaii was 12 degrees, May 17th. I do have some dates, 1979 in the lower 48, uh, Montana holds a record of the all time coldest temperature at minus 70 degrees, set at Rogers Pass uh, uh, on the Continental Divide at 500, um, a mile above sea level, just about. That was 1954. Uh, The lowest temperature, again, minus 80 degrees, Prospect Creek, Alaska, north of Fairbanks, on January 3rd, 1971. So the, uh, let me see... Uh, Illinois is the most recent state to reach its lowest temperature ever. Mount Carroll in the northwestern uh, corner of the state Mm. plunged to minus 38 degrees on January 31st, uh, 2019. It's really interesting. What do you think the lowest temperature in Texas 
has ever been. Again, no, I'll in, say uh, minus fifteen. I don't my, know because this had to be in the panhandle. Probably my, Amarillo or yeah, minus. They don't say, but minus twenty three degrees below zero. Okay, is the lowest temperature in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, minus thirty one degrees in Oklahoma, uh, Florida minus two, but they don't say when. I don't know when that. I don't know what the date of that. Where what what state? Uh, Florida oh. minus two oh. degrees below zero, and I'm assuming. Uh, that had to be uh, in um, in the northern part of the pan, or maybe the panhandle. You know why? Because uh, the lowest temperature in, for example, in Alabama, minus 27 degrees below zero. Wow. 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 Uh, lowest in Oregon, minus 54 degrees below zero. That has to be in, in one of the upper elevations because it's so mountainous there. It has to be there. Idaho minus sixty mm. degrees below zero. Uh, so there you there you go. Anything else interesting? Vermont minus fifty. Yeah, the cold, coldest yeah. night in Texas National Weather <laughs> Service. It was in the southern Panhandle, and it was uh, it was twenty three below. Uh, Swisher County in uh, southern. Uh, that's in the extreme southern. Texas Panhandle. It's okay. Someone's going to correct me on this, and I've lived in Texas all my life. Is it Tulia or Tulia? T U L I A. That's where it occurred. Twenty three below lowest temperature. I think uh, <clears throat> I ever experienced was when I lived in uh, Illinois in Rockford, and it was like minus seventeen degrees below zero. Hmm. And you know what I figured out? What's that? <clears throat> the suspension of your car sucks at minus 17 degrees below oh. zero. Oh, my gosh. The the creaking noises. You feel. It just, it feels so rigid. You you hit a small bump and you think your car is just going to break into a million pieces. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Like Wesley Snipes in that movie. Uh, remember when... Uh, Sylvester Stallone gets him, and his head cracks into a million. You know, he freezes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Demolition Man. Demolition Man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you feel like your car is. Yeah. But I was, um, I remember going out. We had like three days in a row where it was like minus 17 or mm-hmm. right around there, minus 16, minus 17. And we were below zero for a week. I'd never experienced that before. You know, I growing up in Buffalo, people assume you do. Lake Erie really moderates that part of the country uh, during most of the year. Your summers aren't as hot and your winters aren't as cold until maybe Lake Erie freezes. But most of the time, Lake Erie will freeze. You know, it'll freeze by the time you get to January or... yeah. You know, late January, but then February, you can have some warm days, whatever. It just starts getting warmer at that point, a little warmer. So it was uh, uh, so early 85. Uh, we had a really, really uh, cold, 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 cold spell that came into Texas and uh, in North Texas and, and about two hours north of here. I was working in a small town and we didn't get, I think, five above zero was the warm the high temperature for a few days. And a buddy of mine at the radio station, Todd and I, 
walked outside and walked out the back and walked across this tiny little pond and back, which was stupid because we had no idea, first of all, how deep the pond was and how thick the ice was, more importantly. And we did it just the same. But uh, that was extremely cold. Uh, I was working in Marshall, Texas at that, I believe it was that winter of 85. Yeah. And we got like seven, eight inches of snow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I remember working. We got like Christmas. It was it was snowing on Christmas, which was really bizarre for me because I had moved from Florida to Texas. Right. And all of a sudden it's snowing Christmas. And I worked from uh, because everybody else, uh, you know, the the married people, I said, I'll work because I was single. Mm-hmm. I had nothing to do. And it was great. It was back in the time because listeners brought me food. Those were the days you could people would. You know, at a you know small market radio, and yeah. they they brought food, and, and you could you, trust it, and you ate the food because <laughs> if you didn't know that person, you knew somebody who knew that person that brought it. Yes, ex- yeah. exactly. Right. So, yeah. but that was the that was that was really it's one of my most favorite memories of 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 Christmas because I worked a twelve hour shift mm-hmm. all day, and yeah. uh, you know you're playing Christmas music. Mm-hmm. And so people are listening all day. Yeah. And it right. was just a very, very unique experience. And I always remember as I'm leaving the station and uh, opening the uh, the uh, the door. Now, we had an automation service. Nobody worked that day except me. Mm. So the rest of the station was automated. Mm-hmm. You had those big, remember the reels? The reels that the, would, the, yeah, and they the had reel. tones on them. And, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so you had these big reels of music. And so... Everything was already pre-programmed in, so I just left, and nobody was at the station the entire day except me, no one. And when I left, nobody was there. I remember locking the door and walking out towards the parking lot, yeah. and we were like in a wooded area and everything else, and it looked so beautiful, and it was absolutely silent, yeah. you know, just silent. Right. And so yeah. that, those, are just some, those are just some great memories. But, mm-hmm. yeah, the coldest temperatures uh, ever, so 12 degrees in Hawaii. Man, that must have been an interesting day. In Hawaii. Yeah, man. 12 degrees and uh, minus two in Florida. You have to put, they had to put long pants on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I just, you know, as I get older, I like heat better. Uh, I, because I like being more active. I don't like having to stay inside. Um, I will get out when it's cold, but uh, I, I like it again, you know, Basically, in that mild and sunny, and if I was staying here, the only thing that would be a negative is we have such cold weather and no snow. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, now I don't mind having no I, no snow because I'll be heading to the airport at probably quarter after two on Friday morning. Right, and yeah, so yeah. I don't need any icy conditions. No, if you're having to go anywhere, you you don't right. want that because we're not built for it. Right. We don't. You know, but it will be great when I was back in uh, in outside of Buffalo uh, for Thanksgiving. They it, the snow was there. I mean, it had snowed, so I mean, yeah. it, was, it was great to have some snow. And then, uh, so you'll have some snow on the ground there in Buffalo, right? Yes, there will be snow. It will yeah. be a, it will be a white Christmas. Yeah, there's yeah. snow. I believe there's snow now. Uh, they got some, and and uh, 
Yeah, because when I my my brother was over when I called my dad today. That's why I talked to him, and he was he had shoveled the driveway for my father. Yeah. So okay. Uh, so yeah, it's supposed to be, and then we're supposed to get. Now it's supposed to warm up a little bit. I mean, there may not be when I get in. There may not be some, but there you know because it's supposed to be in the in the forties, hmm. like uh, Wednesday and Thursday, because it starts out like we do. It starts out like in the forties. Yeah. So the snow may melt, and then but it's supposed to come back you know friday saturday and sunday so mm-hmm. i believe we'll have a white and that's cool i mean i i like it that's what i like i like a, i like going back there having a white christmas and then for a couple of days and then i'm back here where it's 68 degrees and i'll be golfing hopefully yeah. next week yeah no i'll be wearing shorts on wednesday of next week <laughs> i love that i mean i'll be it i love that <clears throat> i may not be wearing shorts i'll be wearing not yeah, 68, I'll definitely be wearing yeah. shorts. Yeah. yeah. It gets a little cold in the shade if you're golfing, if you're out there in the... Yeah. yeah so I was... Maybe. We'll... we'll uh, the, uh, just the other if, day. Or if you golf in the morning. Yeah. If you just, golf in the morning, it's in the... Just the other day, it was... I mean, it was pretty... It was uh, 52 mm. and wind. I mean, we had a good probably 10 miles an hour. And I put my T-shirt and shorts out uh, on and went out and, and did leaves. I I wore it was forty eight, and I was cold with the winter jacket on. Yeah, cleaning my pool yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I'm not the longer the longer I'm alive, the less I like cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like heat. Yeah, much better. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. know what it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Am I losing insulation? Yeah. <laughs> no, your circulation much- actually drops as you get older. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know what? You know what will bring that circulation back up? Alcohol? No. <laughs> Don't do that. That's dangerous. A a marathon, and you got to set four or five hours aside. Uh, but you got to watch it. A marathon of murder. She wrote. <laughs> That'll get the old heart pumping. Or, or Matlock. Or Matlock. Either one. Thank. Thanks for that information. Yeah, I appreciate that'll, that'll it. do it. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, Coming up following the top of the hour, the uh, the January 6th uh, 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 committee. And, you know, I, again, there was no surprises there uh, at all. And you knew it when Liz Cheney, and we'll talk more about it coming up on the top of the hour, but just since I brought it up, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, but when Liz Cheney started with Donald Trump's inaction Mm -hmm. as an indictment that he should be charged with insurrection Mm -hmm. that showed the legal weakness of her case right there. Right. Because what she's saying is you should be charged with an insurrection because you did, you weren't involved in a conspiracy. There's no evidence that you orchestrated a conspiracy to commit an insurrection. That doesn't exist to begin with. Right. What happened was, and we all know that that was a rally that turned into a riot. Right. 
Yep. There is no evidence, absolutely no evidence, that there was a conspiracy for an insurrection and a coup to take over the country. That's ridiculous. That is uh, over-the-top rhetoric that comes from the left. And they and, still ignore the question, where was security on that day? Exactly. And the Republicans wish to... to uh, to uh, to hit that, which was why you know we said, well, no, don't disband the committee, keep the committee going. Mm-hmm. Liz Cheney won't be on it, right. but keep the committee going and saying, here's what the committee did not cover. Right. Uh, but uh, this is you know this is criminal referrals, which means they see legal wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. Insurrection would be the biggest charge. I don't know how you get there. Yeah, you, you don't get there by stating when the when you come out of the box with your evidence is his inaction to tell the people to stop is evidence of an insurrection mm-hmm. well legally you're a child yeah, yeah. i mean you're yeah. you're 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 in kindergarten legal wise mm-hmm. if you're attempting to convince the american public of uh, uh of that because legally you don't have a case uh alan dershowitz did a couple of appearances i think <laughs> yesterday basically saying he doesn't believe it to go anywhere that the the department of justice will ignore it i'm not so sure they'll ignore it well, if they don't ignore it, it doesn't matter. You've tainted it politically by doing the criminal referral. Mm-hmm. If the Department of Justice does anything in that particular uh, case, it, it's been politically tainted because the January 6th committee put in their criminal referrals. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, it's... Um, Perception is reality. Yep. And the thing is, is that... Uh, and, and I hope the Republic, Republicans will actually go back and visit this. There's... There's a lot to be told here, Mm -hmm. and we'll see if they do. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord, we get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.